Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Once again, that word of God for our focus is that gospel from John. Let us pray. May the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My dear friends in Christ Jesus, how long can a person go without water? It's kind of tough to answer because sometimes it depends on the circumstances, the situation. For instance, if somebody is in a very arid place, very hot and dry, and is exercising and working quite a bit, they can get overheated, dehydrated, and even die within hours. But if the conditions are just right, if it's comfortable, if they're not overexerting themselves too long, they can maybe last without water for maybe up to a week. They say usually about three days is how long it can last without water. And that makes sense because water is essential. About 60% of the body is made up of water and the organs need water to function properly. And so I don't recommend you go or try to go three days without drinking water. In fact, medical experts instead recommend that you drink eight, eight ounce glasses of water a day to stay properly hydrated and healthy. Now, while these facts and experts weren't necessarily around during the time of Jesus, people then still knew the importance of water. That is why their cities, their villages, their, their settlements were all around a fresh water source, whether it's a stream or a lake, or as we look to in our lesson, a well that was dug. Because they needed access to that water. And they needed to go to that water and get fresh water every day. And that's what we see in our lesson. We see Jesus at the well and a woman coming to him to draw water. And we see what Jesus does masterfully is he uses something that is present. And he uses it to teach a spiritual truth. We see he teaches the woman and really he's teaching us what we need. And so today let us sit with Jesus at the well. Now, as we think about this lesson, Jesus was traveling. He was traveling from Judea up to Galilee with his disciples. And the most direct route went through Samaria. But because of hostility that existed between those people, most Jewish people went around Samaria to avoid contact with them. But we see Jesus and his disciples didn't. And yet it wasn't simply because Jesus was trying to save time or save miles on the journey. No, Jesus went to Samaria for a specific reason. Jesus went to Samaria to bring the gospel to the people that were there. Left alone at the well because his disciples were going into town to get food, we see Jesus starts a conversation with this woman who came to draw water there. We see that the conversation quickly turns to what was most important. See, Jesus wasn't 
really interested in getting water from the well. No, instead, he was offering the woman something that she had never, never been offered before. Jesus offered that woman living water. Living water that would quench her spiritual thirst. He tells the woman, whoever drinks the water I will give him will never be thirsty ever again. That's the type of water the woman needed. It's the type of water that all of us need. And we see that with the Samaritan woman. She craved that water. She wanted it. She asked Jesus for that water. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, go, call your husband and come back here. Now, on the surface, this may have seemed like a logical directive from Jesus. Jesus was maybe saying, all right, if I'm going to give you this life-giving water so you never have to come back to this well again, it makes sense that we should also do it for your husband so that you don't have to come back and draw water for him ever again, right? But that's not the reason Jesus told her to call her husband. Now, Jesus was showing the woman her real need. When she responded, I have no husband, Jesus called her to account for her sins. He says, you're right when you say I have no husband. In fact, you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Can you imagine being there with Jesus at the well? Can you imagine sitting there with him and him calling you out? for all of your sins? I think we would be pretty ashamed of the sins Jesus would call out to us. I think we would be pretty embarrassed at how much Jesus knows and how much he says about us. But sometimes I think we try to pass off our sins. We try to think they don't mean too much. Uh, we, we say, well, we're not that bad of people. Or I'm better than others. We, we start to play a comparison game. Or we think about uh, our sins, our, our public sins, and we say, well, our sins aren't as bad as others. And then, and then we think about our private sins, and we sometimes feel that we can hide those sins. That other people don't know what we do behind locked doors. Other people don't know the dark thoughts of our minds or our hearts. We often try to do that with our sins. We try to downplay them. We try to ignore them. We try to hide them. We try to pretend they're not there. But just as Jesus knew all of that woman's past and present unfaithfulness, so too he knows all of ours. He knows all of the times that we have been unfaithful to God's will and God's commands. He knows all of our sins. And what do those sins do? They separate us from God. Our sins separate us from his goodness. They separate us from his love. Our sins dry us out spiritually. And it's not simply that we are parched or dehydrated, but we are dead in our transgressions and sins. 
And these sins that we commit earn us an eternity in the scorching fires of hell. Where there is not a moment of relief and not even a drop of water to cool our tongues. Yes, this spiritual thirst, this burden of sin is something that we all And that is why it is so important to know the spiritual water. For everyone tries to quench their thirst with something. Everyone has that desire to quench, that desire to fill something in their lives. They have that recognition that they're missing something. And so people try to fill it. People try to quench that thirst with different things. Maybe as they face loneliness and sadness and sorrow, they'll try to quench that with, with some sense of peace, maybe seeking things like drugs or alcohol to try to give them some sense of peace. Others will maybe try to quench that, that thirst for a meaning of life, trying to find some meaning, and they try to quench that thirst with, with things like pleasure or excitement. Sometimes people will try to quench that thirst with things like money or exercise or sex or pride or fame. And we recognize that we too fall into that sin. We too sometimes chase after those things. Now don't get me wrong, those things aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves. It's not bad to, ha bad to have money. It's not bad to exercise properly. It's not bad to have sex within marriage. It's not bad to have fame. But if you are trying to use those things to quench a thirst, to satisfy a need that you have, a spiritual one, you're going to find that they're completely lacking. Now, as Jesus reminded the Samaritan woman, he also reminds us that that thirst-quenching water that he offers is different. The water he offers is spiritual. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews insist that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. See, she recognized he was getting at a spiritual matter, but she, she notes the difference in, in the place of, of worship. She noted the difference in the, in the worship between the Samaritans and the Jews. And that was kind of based on the history of those people. The Samaritans didn't, didn't have full-blooded Jewish heritage. Now, when the Assyrians had come and conquered hundreds of years earlier, they conquered the people and then they resettled the area with other conquered people. And so the people who were left, they were kind of mixed and blended together as people intermarried each other. And what also got mixed and blended was their religion. So, so the true proper religion, that promise of the Messiah, the commands of God were mixed and blended with all these other religions and sometimes even left out completely. And the sad reality is that type of blended religion still exists today. There are many who have that belief and thought that all paths lead to the same place. That thought that it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you believe something, and as long as you're a good person, you'll be okay. 
But that's not true. It's often said that faith saves. As long as you have faith, you'll be okay. But faith always needs an object, something to believe in. And the only object of saving faith is Jesus Christ. Jesus would later tell his disciples that. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's the same thing he relates to this Samaritan woman at the well. She said, I know that Messiah is coming, the one called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And Jesus said to her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Yes, Jesus reminds all of us that there is one source of life-giving water. And that is him. And my dear friends, that is water that truly satisfies. Sure, Jacob's well was important. It was historical for that community because it was the very well that, that Jacob and his sons and his flocks and herds drank from. But Jesus is greater than Jacob. And the water that Jesus offers is different. It is spiritual. It is heavenly. It is permanent. Jesus told the woman, Rather, the water I will give him will become in him a spring of water, bubbling up to eternal life. Yes, this is water that quenches our spiritual thirsts. It eliminates all of those feelings of worthlessness and loneliness and guilt that we have. And it eliminates them not by pushing them away or, or by trying to ignore that they're there. It eliminates them by removing them completely, by washing them away. And when we have our sins washed away, we have that spiritual satisfaction. We have that spiritual thirst that is quenched because we no longer have that feeling of shame and guilt and loneliness, but we have joy. We have happiness. We have joy as, as we look at the blessings that God gives us here on this earth, and we have the ultimate joy in Jesus and what he offers us after this earth. We have the ultimate joy of not simply knowing who we are or where we came from, but we have the joy of knowing Jesus and who he is. And because of him, where we will go. We have the joy of knowing our home is in heaven and eternity with Jesus. And because we know that, we want to share it with others. Because we all know people who are searching, who, who are trying to quench that spiritual thirst with something. We know of people who are trying to quench the spiritual thirst with something that doesn't satisfy. We want to share it. We want to share Jesus. That's exactly what the woman did. Because the story doesn't end with our lesson. No, John continues to tell us that that woman then went and told the other people in the town about Jesus. 
And because of her testimony, many there came to hear Jesus and listen to his teachings and came to faith in Jesus. My dear friends, our story isn't over either. Let us too go out with that life-giving word of Jesus. Let us go out and tell others what we have seen here at the well. Let us tell others about that life-giving word. So my dear friends, are you drinking enough water? Yeah, it's important to drink enough water to be hydrated and healthy. But it's even more important to drink the spiritual water that Jesus offers. And to drink that spiritual water every day. And so let us do that. Let us hear and read and study and learn the life-giving water found in God's Word. For Jesus tells us in Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. This water is readily accessible. This water is free. This water is unlike anything else. This water offers eternal life. This water is Jesus. So, dear friends, drink up. Amen. Please stand. And now may that peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, your living water. Amen.